Good morning, Rockbridge. My name is Pablo Paredes. It is an honor to be with you preaching God's word. I am one of the pastors, specifically at the Dalton campus, the local missions pastor. I want to say hello to all of our campuses, six campuses, but also to our friends, brothers and sisters in Christ and Espanol. Hey, I want to begin today our Christmas uh, services. And, and today, specifically, we have, we have titled this Christmas season as the unexpected gift. And today, I want to begin with you as we navigate these four weeks with just a quick image. So I'm going to ask you real quick, what do you see in this image? The first time that somebody showed me this image, I saw immediately one thing. But there's more than one thing. So this is what we're going to do. Just, just for, for about five seconds, maybe ten seconds, just take a look at it. Ask the person on your right, person on your left. Just kind of check this out. Try to look at it from different points of view. And then I'll share with you real quick what I see or what we should be seeing in this image. So take about three seconds, all right? It's so interesting. The first time that I, that I looked at this image, the first thing that I saw was a rabbit. You know, here's a, the rabbit's uh, ears, and, and here's the, the eye, and, and here's, here's the mouth. But then, as I was looking at it from different points of view, because I knew there was something else there, I realized that there's also a duck. So here's, here's the mouth, here's the, here's the eyes. So, so we see two different things, two different animals in this image. And it is because of this. It all depends on how you see it. It, it depends on the perspective, depends on the vantage point on how you see this image. But I want to ask you a more, a more realistic question, and this has to do with our lives. And the question is this. How do you see unexpected circumstances in your life? You know, those things like, like, like the loss of a loved one. We, uh, you know, I have four kids and my wife, we, we come from, from Texas and uh, her father just passed away about a month or two ago. Unexpectedly. You know, how do you see the drowning of your daughter? How do you see, how do you see whenever you lost a job, you lose a job and you, you, didn't, you didn't know that this was coming? How about when, when someone uh, calls you from the doctor's office because they got a sample of something and they tell you that you got cancer? You know, we have all these unexpected circumstances, and the question that I want to pose to us is, how do we see them? Because I think, and I want to share this with you today, I think there's only two answers. One, we can see them as interruptions. We can see them as, as something bad, as something negative, and boy, we are negative, right? We, we saw that just a few weeks ago, but also we can see this as gifts or as something good or something positive in our life. Let me share with you, because this is, this is so new to me, you know, in, in this two years of, of, of marriage with my wife and life with our four kids, we've gone through so many unexpected circumstances. About two years ago, maybe one and a half, we, we were in Ecuador. That's where I'm from, South America. And about three days before we came to the States, I got a phone call. And it was actually one of our neighbors. And, and she, she called me and she says, hey, Pablo, uh, I got bad news for you. And at that moment, man, I wasn't feeling too good. And she says, hey, hey th- there's water coming out of your garage and I'm thinking what I'm here in Ecuador there's really nothing I can do this is totally unexpected so I had to I had to do a I had to make a decision at that point am I going to take this uh, as an interruption to my vacation am I going to take this as an interruption as something bad or something negative to to my life at this point or am I going to treat this perhaps as a gift from God, as something positive from Him. Well, it all depends, right? It all depends on how you see these unexpected 
circumstances. So I want to come to scripture with you and me as I narrate the story that we're going to look at, but also my own story, my own struggle in all of this. We're going to come to the book of Ruth. And we're not going to look at Ruth real quick, just as an example. We're going to look at Naomi. Okay, so we come at Ruth, Ruth 1, 19 to 21, and this is what it says. Because we're going we're gonna to look at how is it that Naomi looks at the circumstances, unexpected circumstances of her life. How does she respond to them? Does she seize them as interruptions or as a gift? Well, here we go. So the two, this is Ruth and Naomi, of them went on until they came to Bethlehem. Why are they coming to Bethlehem? This is what had happened to Naomi. Naomi had a husband and had two sons. And the unexpected circumstance in her life is that they all three died. And she was left only with, with Ruth and another lady who were the wives of the sons. And, and at that point, man, they're destitute. In the circumstances and the social environment of that time, if you don't have a man in your life, your future does not look good. So they come back to Bethlehem from Moab. And when they came to Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the women said, is this Naomi? She said to them, do not call me Naomi. Pay attention to this. Do not call me Naomi. Naomi means pleasant. Call me Mara. In the Hebrew, Mara means bitter. And she explains why. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with you. I went away full, and the Lord has brought me back empty. What, what, is, what is she doing? What is she saying? Check this out. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has testified against me. Is she blaming God? And the Almighty has brought calamity upon me. Yes, no doubt about it. She's bitter. She's mad. No doubt about this, that Naomi has seen her unexpected circumstances as an interruption. Perhaps, perhaps as something that has come from God. And it's something bad, perhaps a punishment. Isn't that how we see life sometimes? That's the choice that I had to make when I heard, you know, in Ecuador that my home was in two or three inches of water. How do I see that? How do I see whenever a father or a mother abandon us and it's unexpected? How do we see the loss of a job? How, how do we see these unexpected circumstances? We have two choices. We either see them as, as unexpected uh, as interruptions in our lives, perhaps as a curse, something negative, or as a gift from God. Well, here's the thing that I want us to, to think about for just a moment. You can choose to see unexpected circumstances as interruptions or a gift. We can see them God's way or my way. We can see them God's way or my way. Because this is the thing, and please stay with me on this. This is really important. There is something going on. There was something going on in the life of Naomi that Naomi could not see. Only God could see. And sometimes when we have these unexpected circumstances, there's a lot of fear because we don't know. We don't know the unknown, right? But God does. And he's doing something. So let's see what happened. Let's see what God was doing in the, in the life of Naomi. Then the women, them too, said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord. Okay, so something has happened. We come at the end of the book of Ruth now. Something good has happened. 
Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a redeemer, a savior, a rescuer, and may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law Ruth, who has loved you, who is more to you than seven sons. Now there's something better now that has happened to Naomi because God was working. That is better than the unexpected death of the husband and the two sons. This is better then seven sons has given birth to him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her lap. This is a grandma now. And became his nurse. And the woman, the women in the neighborhood gave him a name saying, A son has been born to Naomi. Don't miss this right here. Because this is so important to us today, right now. They named him Obed. And what happened here? Obed was the father of Jesse. And Jesse was the father of David. And check this out. There's something so important that you and I cannot, cannot miss. Ruth married Boaz, who was the redeemer. And the descendant of them, of, of them right here, was King David. And King David was the descendant of Jesus. Isn't that what we celebrate during Christmas? So, so this is what I'm trying to say. This is what I'm trying to say. Unexpected circumstances are unexpected to me, but they are not unexpected to God. See, he was doing something at the very beginning of the story of Ruth, but Naomi was missing that. And she was blaming God. And she wasn't happy. And she was bitter. That happens to us, to many of us. Because we are afraid of the unknown. We don't know what's, what God is doing. We don't know what these unexpected circumstances are telling us. And I want to I commit to you this. To see how, meaning to see these circumstances, the, the, the bad things, this unexpected gift. In order for us to see the how, we must understand the what. In order for us... To see the how of these unexpected circumstances as a gift of God, we must understand the what. And the question then it is, what? What, God, are you doing for my good through this unexpected circumstance? What, God, are you doing? What are you doing for my own good in order for me to understand that these unexpected circumstances are a gift or gifts for me? Now, in order for us to, to really discern what God is doing in our lives, we have to see this answer through, through lenses. And I want to say to you this real quick. Two things that we need to look at, the, the, the lenses or the glasses from which we need to answer this question. What the heck, God, are you doing in my life through these unexpected circumstances? First and foremost, we need to understand who is God. We need to see God's character. And we need to understand two things about his character. Super important. Please listen to me on this. This changed my walk with God. One, he's a loving father. See, sometimes we get into this religion called following after Christ that we think that it is so much about just doing things. No, 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 no. Don't miss this, please. This is about a loving father. He's a God who cares for us, who loves us, who's looking out for the best of us. 
But we also have to understand that he's a sovereign to God. He is above us. He thinks higher than we think. His plans sometimes are not like the way we think they are. So let me give you some verses to understand that real quick. This is beautiful. 1 John 3 1 says, What marvelous love the Father has extended to us. Just, just look at this love of the Father. We're called children of God. That's who we really are. But that's also why the world doesn't recognize us or take us seriously because it has no idea who he is or what he is up to. When we start thinking about this question, God, what are you doing during these circumstances? We need to think through these lenses. Hey, he is a loving father who loves me. I have four children and I don't want anything bad for them. I love them so much, I want the best for them, and this is God Almighty. But he's also sovereign. So let's look at Isaiah 58, 89. It says, my thoughts, God speaking, says, my thoughts are not like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. And my thoughts higher than your thoughts. See, as we ask the question, what are you doing, God, during these unexpected circumstances? We need to understand who God is first and foremost. He's loving. He's a loving father. He wants the best for you and me. But also, he's sovereign. He's above everything. His, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And the second lens, if we can think about it that way, one and two, is that we need to understand that God has a purpose. And his purpose is goodness. His purpose is to make us into the image of his son. Let's look at a verse, Romans 8, 28 and 29. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this to you and explain real quick how I went through this. As I, as I got the news of my home and had to work through my home as, he was, as it had water all over it. Real quick, look what it says. And we know that for those who love God, all things, good and bad, work together for good. Here's the goodness of God. For those who are called according to his purpose, so he's purposeful. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Here it is. That's his purpose. Or here to make us. We had a series a few weeks ago that said, "Be like Jesus." Here it is. In order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And and, and as I went through my home. And see all the water and a lot of things damaged. You know, it was damaged to the point that it was not livable. And me with, with four kids, we had, to, we had to go and live in a, in a hotel for two months. And I was wrecking my mind and I was asking this question. I, I'll be really honest with you. I was telling God, what the heck are you doing? What is going on? And as I read Romans 8, 28, 29, it just, it just dawned on me. This is no accident. It may look like an accident to me, but it is not for God. So what are you doing, God, right now? He said, I'm making you like my son, Jesus Christ. And then I started thinking, okay, but there's so much into that, God. 
What characteristic of the character of Jesus are you working in me? And this verse helped me so much. Galatians 5, 22 and 23 says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. So this is where he was working in me. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And hey, This is the thing for me. I don't know what it is for you as you're going through unexpected circumstances. But at that time, this is what it was for me. He was working in my patience. He was working in my patience because you know what? As we had to make a lot of decisions in our home and then we had to gutter the kitchen, I had to go through some conversations, hard conversations with my wife. And guess what? God was working in my patience. But also, he was working in my self-control. So, in order for us to see how is it that these unexpected circumstances can be a gift from God, we need to ask the question, what are you doing, God? And we need to answer that question by remembering that God is a loving Father. He is sovereign and He has a purpose for our lives. A specific purpose is for me, at that time, it was patience and self-control. What is yours now as you go through unexpected circumstances? But now, as we go into Scripture again and, and we look at this Christmas season, I want to I help us to see how we can navigate these waters and have the best response in a certain way. So we're going to go into Luke real quick, Luke 1, 26 to 38, and we're going to look at another woman, and this woman is, is Mary. Okay, so we go into this, and it says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel, Gabriel was not just any kind of angel. He was the one that's in the presence of God today. So this is, this is a big deal. So he comes, right, and he was sent from God. This is an unexpected circumstance right here in the life of Mary. And he comes to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Nazareth was just a little village, you know, nothing compared to Jerusalem at that time. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. So he comes to, to, to a teenage girl. We don't know exactly the age, but we know that he was either early in her teenage days or years or late in her teenage years. And also she was betrothed. What does that mean? She was engaged. And this is really, really good for us to understand that the engagement period for that time was of one year. And she just got engaged right now. And that's going to be super important for us to understand what she says in just a little bit. So she was betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. Remember? Obed, a descendant of David. And then comes Jesus through David. And here we go. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her. And this is what, she, what he says, the angel to Mary. Greetings, O favored one. Now, please hear me on this. Mary has done nothing to deserve this unexpected visit. This is a favor from God. This is God's grace. She's the recipient of God's grace. She's not the giver of God's grace. She's the recipient. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled, of course. She's, she's talking to an angel, right? She's troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, don't be afraid. The, we get afraid. There's fear in, in unexpected circumstances. There's fear. 
for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call him his name Jesus, and he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. This is something important. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. The promises that were made to David in 2 Samuel 7 are becoming true. This is what God is doing. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And look at Mary, what Mary says to the angel real quick. How will this be since I am a virgin? Pause real quick. Of course she's asking this question. Her engagement is going to take about a year 12 months, and she notices that what the angel is saying is about to happen now, in the very near future. You know what she's thinking in her mind, as you and I would think? I cannot have sexual relationships with my husband until 12 months from now. So how the heck is this going to take place? So the angel tells her. And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. This is so unexpected. Never seen before. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called the will be will be holy the son of god the child to be born will be called holy the son of god only kings were believed to be sons of God. And this is a baby that is coming. And how is this coming? It says the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. You know, this is language that is used in the Old Testament whenever God himself and his presence will be over the tabernacle with power and might. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. And here it is. For nothing will be impossible with God. Is that good enough for Mary? What is going to be her response? Does she understand what the heck is going on? (laughs) As we observe the text, we notice this real quick. God, what is he doing? God visits unexpectedly. Through an angel, Gabriel, who's in the presence of God today. God comes to an unexpected place, to an unexpected person. Why does he come to an unexpected place? Because that is Nazareth. In John, somebody says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And this is an un- she, he comes to an unexpected person. This is a young lady. This is a young woman. And then God works in an unexpected way. Because the pregnancy is very interruptive. This is a good interruption for what? For her engagement. To become pregnant at this time, socially speaking, was horrible. And God does it exactly at that time. In the middle or the beginning of her engagement. And that's how God works sometimes. In unexpected ways. How do we see it? Do we see it as as an interruption? Or do we see it as a gift? What was God doing? God was delivering the greatest gift, that is Jesus Christ, under unexpected circumstances. So we get back to the story. 
we get back to the story and we have to ask ourselves this real quick. How is she going to respond? Because perhaps that is the way that you and I should respond. So let's look at it real quick. Luke 138, look what it says. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your will. Did you notice that? I'm your servant and let it be to me according to your word. And what happens? And the angel departed from her. The way you choose to see your unexpected circumstances reveals something. It tells us something. How you choose to see your unexpected circumstances reveals that you either trust or you're not trusting in a loving, sovereign, and purposeful Father. So, 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 so let's just think for just a second. How is it that you and I, how is it that you and I are choosing to see these unexpected circumstances? Because the way we choose to see, it's going to tell you and me, oh man, I may call God my Father, but I'm not really trusting Him as someone that loves me, as someone that wants the best for me, as someone that has a purpose through all of this. It can also reveal that you trust him or not trust him. So this is how I want to finish this. Because we see, we see a dramatic contrast between Naomi and her response. How she saw those unexpected circumstances. An unexpected gift from God. And how is it that Mary going through these unexpected circumstances. She sees it as a gift. And trusts in God. So how are we going to respond today i'm going to put it this way i want to share with you three ways okay three ways or three steps to unwrap your gift look at it this way three ways on how you can just unwrap these unexpected circumstances in your life so that you can see them as a good gift from almighty god so step one remember your place before god you know, when something like this happens, look at Mary's answer. This is awesome. This is something worth uh, following after Mary. She says, servant of the Lord. What is your place before God? What is your attitude before God? How do you see yourself before God like this, like a good friend that sometimes you just come and you just talk to him when you need him, but when you don't need him, it's just okay, you know? Or do you see him as your master, as your Lord? So we got to remember our place. And our place is a place of servants. Here's God. And here we are. He sees the unexpected. We don't see the unexpected. Therefore, we have to ask him, hey, what is going on? What are you doing? The second step that I want to share with you is we need to make a pause. And I'm so bad at this, but I need it so much. We need to make a pause, and we need to see what God is doing. So in order for us to see what God is doing, I believe that there's only about three things that God is doing in our lives. Okay? So for you, it's going to be either one of these three things or two of these three things. Okay? So maybe the first one for you is this. Maybe God today, he's calling you to himself to begin a new life in Christ. 
You know, maybe you've seen so many unexpected circumstances, and you know what? They're not accidents. God has been allowing all that this whole time in order to call you to himself. And he's saying, hey, Pablo, come to me. I love you so much that I want you to come to me and find new life and find an abundant life. Hey, Mary, come to me. Hey, Peter. Hey, John. I'm allowing all of this because I'm calling you to myself. And when he calls you, you're going to understand that he loves you so much that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, because that is so key, right? He comes, Jesus Christ comes to what? To solve the, the problem that we have that is sin. And he comes as the solution to our sin because we cannot really erase sin out of our lives. He gets in the way between us and God. So God sends his son in order to bring us to himself. And Jesus does three things. He lives the life that I should live. Loving God 100% and loving others 100%. I haven't done that. You haven't done that. He also dies. He pays the penalty of your sin and my sin on the cross, doing away with the punishment of sin, which is death, eternal separation from God. And not only that, he resurrects on the third day. For what? Why is that important? Because without the resurrection, we have no victory over death and sin. We have no victory over death and sin. And we cannot have a new and eternal life. But only in Jesus Christ and through Jesus Christ, the Father, the loving Father, can bring us to himself. Perhaps today, finally, you can understand by God's grace that these unexpected circumstances, God has been allowing them because he's calling you to himself. And for, for, for many of us, who have been following Christ for a long time, 10, 20 years or so, like in my case, he's doing this. He's making you more like his son, Jesus Christ, as we read in Romans 8, 28 and 29. These unexpected circumstances, they're not interruptions in your life. They are a gift for you. They are a gift because God has a purpose because he loves you and he knows better than you. And the purpose is to make you more like his son, Jesus Christ. To be like Jesus, as we saw a few months or weeks ago. And here's a third one. And this one I wasn't sure I wanted to share with you guys. But, but it's true for those who have a loving father, God. And it's also true for those of us who are just in, in physical families. God, what he may be doing in you through those unexpected circumstances is this. He may be disciplining you as a loving father, and that's key. As a loving father, not as a judge. <laughs> Remember, he wants the best for you. Allow me to read this because I think this is really important. When I understood that the God is a loving father, and he allows unexpected circumstances in my life to discipline me, I didn't like that at the beginning, but look what Hebrews 12 tells me. I'm in, I'm in Hebrews 5, uh, 12, 5. Look what it says. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves. We need to understand that. And he chastises every son whom he receives. And here it goes. He gets even better. It is for discipline that you have to endure. 
God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you're left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. So discipline is good. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? And I'll finish with this. For they, talking about the physical parents, fathers, they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good. That was so encouraging to me when I started understanding this. So the first step is we got to remember our place. The second step to unwrap this gift through these unexpected circumstances. The third step is this. We need to trust him for his best. You know what Mary said? Hey, look what she said. May be done to me according to your will. Remember, all of this reveals, right, if we trust him or not. We got to trust him. He's got our back. He's for us, not against us. And he reminds me of Matthew 6, whenever Jesus is teaching his disciples, us, followers of Christ, how is it that we should pray? Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. May your kingdom come. And look at this. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When we pray that prayer, we're saying, Father, may your will be done. Father, during these unexpected circumstances, I trust you. Help me to see what you're doing. I know that you're loving. I know that you're sovereign. And I know that you've got, you got a purpose. Very specific purpose. So what is your response? How are you going to see your unexpected circumstances in life? You have two choices, right? As we saw today as, as the picture, two things. We're going to see them as interruptions, as something bad, as something negative, or we're going to see them as a gift. And I want to encourage you today that we see them as a gift, as a gift from a loving father who knows better. He's sovereign, right? And who has an, a specific purpose for our lives. I'm going to finish with a psalm because this psalm is so appropriate for this time. And this is my favorite psalm. Perhaps you have memorized this psalm. But it helps us to see unexpected circumstances God's way. Not my way. Look what it says. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. And because he is my shepherd, I shall not want. He provides for everything that I need. He's got my back. He is my shepherd. And, he, and then, and then uh, David describes what, what this is, how he is it that provides. And he says in verse 2, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. There it is. Verse 4, Even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, unexpected circumstances that sometimes hurt. 
I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let us pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you so much for unexpected circumstances. As I went through many unexpected circumstances in these past two years, Father, I, I had to ask that question, what are you doing? And as I asked the question, I had to rely on the fact that you are a loving Father. You are sovereign, and you have a purpose. Lord, I know there is a lot of fear when we go through unexpected circumstances, but help us, Lord. Help us to take those steps of unwrapping that gift during those unexpected circumstances. Help us to remember our place. Father, we pray that you show us what you're doing. May we pause and see what you're doing. Maybe you're calling us to yourself. You're making us more like your son, Jesus Christ. So you're disciplining us as a loving father. So today, Lord, we say, may your will be done and not ours. In Jesus' name we pray.